Demogorgon. How do you say <laughs> Demogorgon? Demogorgon. Demogorgon. Dermogorgon. Dermogorgon. Demogorgon. It's like dermatologist, but much scarier. Yes. You never saw that movie? Are you kidding me? We're watching it then. I want to see your face one. What the? Oh my god. <laughs> Is he dead? <laughs> Wait, no. You're kidding, right? Oh shit. It's delayed reactions. It's delayed reactions. I am so done. I feel like I can already smell it from over here. It's been too long. Let me mix that up a little bit more. And we're back. And we're back. Um, I'm already feeling warm from this. How many, how much have you had? Just I, one. I think that this is a little strong for me. Well, it's that type of drink. It's not something that you would... But I also, also really letting it soak there. Oh, oof. I also don't order whiskey drinks often. Only when I want to look really cool. Um, Woke this would definitely often. be a nightcap of sorts. Mm, yeah. Um, and the way not we're, a breakfast drink. And <laughs> the way we're doing this, uh, maybe a night snack. So we have here. I don't know what we've decided to call it. The L. Call it the L, call it the Demogorgon, because you guessed it, we're talking about Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. So we have here, um, it's a whiskey-based drink, so we've got a little Jack mixed with some maple syrup, a little bit of vanilla extract, and cinnamon, and we are dipping Eggo waffles mm. in it. So, it's, uh, I don't know, I don't think it's bad. I don't think it's good. <laughs> it's sweet whiskey. It's sweet. I mean, this is not your type of taste at all. No. But I like the waffles. <laughs> so, um, this is Delayed Reactions. Welcome to Delayed Reactions. Today, we're talking about Stranger Things. Um, I'm assuming, if you're listening, that you, too, have watched it because it's the Netflix series that took the world by storm about a year ago today, and I was very late to the bandwagon watching it, and I think part of that was because I didn't have time when it initially came out to watch it, and everyone said it was what was most cool, and I was kind of like, eh, I'll get around to it. And then, so typical. And then I just missed the train, and I was like, uh, yeah, I'm not watching it. But of course, it got a, a ton of Emmy nominations, um, which should be happening in September, so I had to check it out. Um, it's nominated for Outstanding Drama Series. Millie Bobby Brown is uh, nominated for Outstanding Supporting Actress. And David Harbour, uh, Outstanding Supporting Actor. So I wanted to check out how they were doing. So, Sam, this time last year, because you did watch it. When I it watched it out. in, yes, in August last year. Yeah. Exactly this time of year. And, um... At that time, we won't go into detail, but we happened to all be uh, us as well as a couple of our friends interning for the Olympics, so we were all together, and I remember pretty much everybody except for me being the one person um, who hadn't seen it. Everyone else was watching it, and I remember specifically hanging out one night after work, 
and one of our friends Sierra was in her bedroom watching it and we were all confused as to why she wasn't coming out or at least I was and everyone was like well she's watching Stranger Things and Lo and behold, five minutes later, she comes out yelling and screaming about whatever was going on at yeah, that point Yeah, because she in the just show. finished watching it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, um, give me your first, if you, can, if you can rewind back a year, what your kind of initial reactions were to it. I know you liked it because you were talking about it a ton. Yeah, I liked it. And um, I thought it was great also because I, too, usually miss the bandwagon on things like this. Mm -hmm. And then everyone is obsessed with it. Like, kind of how it is for me whenever someone brings up uh, Game of Thrones right now. Yeah, so I'm that's kind of like delayed reaction. I'm like, yeah, great show, guys. Right. But, like, I haven't seen a single episode of that either. But I, for some reason, I opened Netflix uh, just killing time one day, and I was like, oh, Stranger Things, read the little description, and I was like, hmm, this seems like it could be interesting, and so I started watching it. I was kind of, like, thrown off by the first episode, because I didn't know it was going to be so... Right. Eerie in mm-hmm. certain parts, I guess, and um, then I was like, okay, well, I'll watch the second one and see what I think, and then I just continued to watch it. I think it's, like, eight episodes. Yeah. The first season. So pretty quick. And I didn't realize that either. That's part of the reason why I put it off. I thought it was not much longer, but I thought it was, like, maybe 15 or 20. Yeah. Eight's pretty digestible in a short amount of time, especially for someone who likes to binge watch. Um, So, for those of you who maybe haven't watched it, A, spoilers are definitely coming, so be prepared. And B, um, just to give you a little background... Uh, it's about a young boy who disappears, and his friends, his mom, police officer, they're all trying to figure out what happened to him, and obviously some strange things are going on in their little town of Hawkins, Indiana. Mm-hmm. Um, so, to me, very reminiscent of Stand By Me, Rob Reiner's 1986, I think, film, um, as well as Goosebumps, which was like a 90s TV show based on R.L. Stein's books, which was, they were very cheesy, um, but they were kind of funny, and, and... They were spooky. Yeah, and Stranger Things, I think, I think it resonates with people because it is so reminiscent of a lot of things. You and I were talking about this earlier, like, people who were growing up in the 80s and 90s maybe like it for that reason. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's kind of spans maybe a couple different age groups, especially with all the different characters and plot lines. Um, really a family show. Should have put it on <laughs> Freeform. Everyone can watch it. No, just kidding. Little kids will find parts of this scary, but for anyone, I would say like 14, 13, 14 and older, they probably watch this and their parents would probably also enjoy it. Yeah. So, um, just to jump into some behind-the-scenes details, the Duffer brothers, Matt and Ross, um, who graduated from Chapman University in 2007, do the math, that makes them in their early 30s. Um, They are the ones who have written and directed the show. Am I, I think I'm correct in saying written. Yeah, definitely directed. I think they did. Right. I think they did both, yeah. Yeah. Um, And so, like, very young to be behind a show that has had a lot of success, and I think we can um, expect a lot from in the future. 
and obviously Chapman is a really great fine arts school, a lot of film, film students there um, in Southern California. And then I wanted to talk about um, the producers, because I found out some interesting stuff about them, too. Mm-hmm. So, Sean Levy, um, he is a director, producer, and actor, and I'm not going to go down the whole list, because wow. it is super long, but the first movie he ever directed, this is like a throwback, I don't know if you'll, have, I don't know if you'll even remember this. Probably not. Jet Jackson, the movie. Do you remember Jet Jackson? It was a TV show on the Disney Channel. No. I think he was like a spy or something. Jet Jackson? Anyway, so he directed that, Night at the Museum. Um, I actually recognized him because he directed Cheaper by the Dozen and he has a cameo in it. So when I was looking at his pictures, I thought he looked kind of familiar. Um, But he's produced, directed, and had a couple acting gigs in a bunch of different movies that are kind of like all over the place that's not like one specific type of film comedy action whatever um so him and then the second producer who's a little bit younger than him is dan cohen and he is a cornell grad no way yeah. i actually was looking this go up big red he was at cornell like in april obviously that we makes were sense. in la at the time yeah. but i'm like oh man that would have been such a good event Just to go to um so Yes, very, very interesting. What else was I going to say about that? Oh, this is the part that I had. Um, they also produced Arrival together, the duo. They d- they produced Arrival, yes. too? Yes, which I thought, because to me, the whatever alien thing that's yeah, in Arrival... Yeah, they love aliens! ...kind of reminds me of the Dermagogon. How do you say it? <laughs> Demagogon. Demogorgon. Demogorgon. Dermagogon. Dermagogon. <laughs> Demagogon. It's like dermatologist, but much scarier. Yes. Um, and that's something that I was kind of thinking. So when I saw that, I don't know if they had any like creative role in what they that must was have had. Like, yeah. But I thought they were kind of again something that was reminiscent of something else. The demagogon. Demogorgon. Demogorgon. Yeah, you got it, you got it. <laughs> the Demogorgon um, also kind of reminds me of those weird things in Scooby-Doo that, like, can't oh, be out yeah. the We'll tweet a picture if you want to see it. Yeah. It's, um, it's pretty funny. <laughs> they don't have the face that, like, splits open like a flower. But other than that, pretty similar. Um, I read that the, the Duffer Brothers actually tested their idea for Stranger Things by making like a fake trailer for the show and to do that they used clips from like over 25 different movies i'm assuming from the 80s and from the 90s in that genre all right but did you have other things you wanted to other fun facts other oh i've got tons of fun facts we could talk a little bit more about the um the kids sure so they actually auditioned, apparently, 906 boys to fill those four roles of um, Will, Mike, Lucas, and Dustin, and 307 girls to find an 11. Wow. That's a lot of people. I don't know what's typical for a show like that, but that seems like a lot of work for the people involved in the casting process. A long process, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but I would say they picked the right people. Yeah, I'm a big Mike fan. I like big the, Mike Wheeler guy. <laughs> big Mike Wheeler fan. I just like the innocence and the boyish charm that comes along with someone who I mean all of the kids really they're not scared so much of what's going on because they're just that naive but I think that's kind of cool um and I think that is again kind of a typical sort of 80s coming of age movie that um seems so similar to so I think Dustin is my favorite I also like that uh the disease is it a disease disorder Mm -hmm. the disorder that he has in real life his character also has it which i think was great for them to include did you did you know he really yeah yeah i thought he didn't i thought that was something they just made up for the show no so uh the actor's name is i think gatton is how you pronounce it Mm -hmm. uh matarazzo and he is also from jersey what's up and um he has a condition called okay i'm about to butcher butcher this name cletocranial dysostosis ccd and or uh cletocranial dysplasia is a congenital disorder that mostly affects the development of bones and teeth, which is why his front teeth are missing in the show. Does he, in real life, have, like, fake teeth that he puts in? Because that is why I assumed that it was something they just made up for the show. Because every interview or picture I've seen of him in real life, he has those teeth. I think um, he might put them in but he he has like a retainer or something yeah some type of thing he puts in his mouth and then the teeth are there to be used and also um another characteristic of the disorder is that uh the the person's collarbones are either poorly developed or they're not there which is why in that um initial scene you know when the the bullies come up to him they're like do the thing with your arms he can like hunch his shoulders and kind of like put them really close together because he's missing a collarbone oh yeah hmm. so all right we won't jump into the science of that now no but that's really not a doctor <laughs> no but i'm just kind of interested in how those things relate to one another like missing teeth and well so it's like it has to do with missing bones development of bones and teeth is how okay. it will affect someone okay uh but yeah it's something you can just inherit from your parents and uh he has it but he he's so he's been very open about it as like an actor and telling people this is a very rare phenomenon obviously but yeah. um he's just like yeah this is like me and it's just like part of who I am, and also my character. Um, But I I think I like him because even in the most, like, intense moments, he's like, guys, guys, just chill. Everyone be cool. Like, when the monster's coming and he's like, I'm going to go get some pudding for Eleven (laughs) because she needs to recharge. Like, that's a friend right there. Yeah. Get you some pudding when you need some. Love that. Um, So, yeah, I think it's interesting they auditioned so many people. I kind of feel bad for Will that he's, he doesn't, He's, like, in it, but he's not in it. 
Like, well, and then they got to pull that more. thing out of him. Probably a lot more Ugh. Will Will Byers in season Oh, two. I hope so. Yeah. I want to get to know him more. I will say, though, I personally love both of the actors, but I do think that Will and uh, Mike kind of look pretty similar. And they so have similar hairstyles. I was a little bit, like, in the first episode, kind of confused as to who was who. Um, and then, and then after Will disappears, I almost kind of forgot what he looked like for a while, and was just, <laughs> like, thinking he was Mike's twin, sort of. Maybe that's a haircut. They could have styled the hair a little I, bit Yeah, I think they, they have similar hair, and it's, it's, like, easy to tell apart the other characters because they have, like, Lucas is black, and Dustin has super curly hair and no teeth. Right. And then... Eleven's a girl. Eleven's a girl. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, I guess it's a little late to amend that, but I would just have maybe one. Has... Give them a new style season yeah. two. <laughs> yeah. If the Duffer brothers are listening, that's mm-hmm. Allie's advice. Um, Let's move on and talk about Nancy. Yeah, I like Nancy. So, Natalia Dyer, she's from Nashville, she goes to NYU. Um. I, like, from the moment I saw her, and every time, basically, I see her on screen, she reminds me so much of Emmy Rossum. Do you know who that is? Yeah, actually, what is Emmy Rossum, like, She played Christine in Phantom of the Opera, which is what I know her from, but she's also in Shameless, which is maybe something that you would recognize her from, as well as The Day After Tomorrow. Those are, like, her biggest... She looks just like Emmy Rossum. Oh my god, just like her. She looks like a young... If you Google their names together and you get the side-by-side... Tiny Emmy Rossum. They could be the exact same person. Anyway, what about Nancy? I feel like we could both see a little bit of ourselves in Nancy. Yeah, she's like a nice girl who's just trying to... She's trying to get good grades. Get through high school. Do her thing. Likes a little bit of attention from the popular boy, as any average teenage girl probably would eat up. Yeah, yeah. Um, Especially with hair like that. Wow. I know. Well, I know you have strong feelings about Steve, so tell me about him. Well, I just think Steve is cute. I think that's pretty much it. Now, this is where we disagree. I think they could have casted someone much better looking. I think I think if they cast someone like... like they, it, It's like when they cast Miles Teller. Like, they need someone to be good looking and approachable, See? but they couldn't have someone... So Miles good looking. Miles would have been a good Steve. He's a little too old now. Yeah, he, he wouldn't have. Yeah, Steve. he wouldn't have looked like he was in high school. But like you know, he's got like the super long, like fluffy hair, and he's just trying to like get in Nancy's pants. But then, um, he 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 actually does care about her. Like he comes back and then fights the Demogorgon with her and Jonathan. And yeah, I don't know. I like him a lot. But I think if he's going to be this hot guy that everyone says he is, he could be just a little bit better looking. But that's my personal opinion. Our tastes are different. Our tastes are very different. I like Jonathan more than I like Steve. Wow. Bold statement. I mean, I like... I... (laughs) I like that Steve it like is sort of uh, pushing Nancy to take a lock on the wild side. I like that about him. But 
I don't dislike Steve, but I just think Jonathan's character is more interesting. Like, he's kind of got this brooding, like, you don't really know what's going on inside, but he's upset about things, or his brother's obviously gone, but I don't know. He just looks like someone who's gone through a lot, maybe been abused a little bit in one way or another. Yeah. Yeah, he's, I mean, yeah, he's definitely more interesting. I I like Steve because he's funny. In, like, the show that's so, like, that's intense true. all the time, he offers a little bit of, like, he's like, come on, let's just jump in the pool. Like, let's go do this. Come on, Nancy, come on. Uh, and he's also just, like, a complete idiot. So, it's funny. But, yeah, Jonathan's character is definitely much more interesting. And he has way more going on. I mean, his brother went missing his dad is like not really helping that much and his mom is seemingly going crazy yeah eventually he comes to understand her but obviously right. it's a very complex yeah so that's probably why he, why he looks so like what, what was i saying he looks like because he's british right yeah um i personally something about him reminds me of bill Hader, like a sad <laughs> beat up bill Hader. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess he could look, he's got a, I don't know, he just has a very interesting look, and I keep trying to decide, like, what it is specifically that, like, the way to describe him or yeah. what to compare him to, but he's just brooding. Well, you mentioned Nancy, we're talking about Nancy and Jonathan, I guess we should mention the other older teenage character, Barb. What do you think about Barb? I'm not a big fan of Barb. You're on team fuck Barb? Yeah. Um, <laughs> makes me sound kind of like a bitch. But um, I just think that she's ruining Nancy's fun. And then she goes and gets eaten by the, <laughs> by the Demogorgon. Did I say it right that mm-hmm, time? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's how you say it. I kind of want to call it the Dermogorgon. Dermagogon. <laughs> it's just like misplacing the R. Um, I don't know. I, she she didn't do anything for me that made me feel like excited about yeah, her presence yeah, ever, yeah. or like she was a really great friend to Nancy, or like that maybe I really hated her for something. She just kind of seemed annoying, and then she kind of like felt sorry for herself seemingly, and I mean, why of all places would she choose to go sit like? in this stranger's backyard after her friend ditched her yeah i i feel i feel bad for barb because like clearly nancy is her only friend or at least that's how it seems on the show Mm -hmm. because she doesn't ever hang out with anyone else and then nancy's like uh can you leave like i gotta go do something and then she just like sits there and mopes yeah, so, I don't know, I'm just kind of a little bit yes. more of a headstrong kind of person who's gonna, uh, I just, I don't have a lot of sympathy for people who I feel like could amend issues by doing something as simple as, like, you know, making a new friend, or just, like, 
being a little bit more straightforward with Nancy. Like, Mm -hmm. you can tell that she doesn't agree with what Nancy's doing, but she never directly confronts her. Yeah, they won't, she won't argue with her. Right. So, obviously, the show's written a certain way so that it builds up, so that, you know, things fall into place and people Mm -hmm. feel bad for certain reasons. But, um... If I were her and I didn't like what Nancy was doing, I would just call her on her shit, <laughs> and that would be it. Um, so, yeah. But uh, I'm, I don't know what's going to come of her, because she's still in the Upside Down. <laughs> I think she's just dead. Yeah. Like, I think... But no one seems all that concerned. That's that's why I think it's so funny, because it's, it's like part of that build-up, like oh, shit, the monster's, like, out again, and it got, like, another victim, but they don't ever, like, that's, that's just, like, something that's never, never talked about, closed, I guess, like, an issue that was never resolved or came to any sort of conclusion, it's just, like, Nancy eventually told her mom, like, Barb's missing, too, I don't know where she is, and Which then maybe, no one, like, we don't know if the police is also looking for her at the same time, or if they... Maybe that's a setup for a new storyline, because when that happened to her, I thought it was going to continue to happen to other people. Like, I thought she was just the second in a potential, like, long line of people to get sucked into the Upside Down, but it was just her, right? I think it was... As far as we know, I think it was just the two of them. But I'm pretty sure That's she's... Wrong. There's definitely one who, more person. Wait, who, is, who else? I think. Or no, maybe... I'm thinking about... Sorry, you can cut this part out. But there's uh, a part in one of the episodes where they draw a map of where all these suspicious things are happening. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's just the lake that is close to. Let's see. Oh, you know what? Somebody dies in the very beginning, in the first, like, five minutes. Oh, okay. That's, yeah. But he, like, is working for that laboratory, so I, I don't think anyone in the town... Or no, maybe that's what it is. It's the lab. ...ever heard about it. But I'm pretty sure Barb is dead. Because, that's here, do you want to... Do you want to... Do you want to see the photo? The fact that it's Christmas time and everyone's like, Merry Christmas! And, like, my best friend is still... She's just dead, <laughs> stuck to a wall with something. See, Steve, we never have to put up with her because she's gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, she is so dead. In this photo, <laughs> the caption is just so dead. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even look at that. It's really gross. The makeup department did a fantastic job. Um, this article goes, this isn't a Jon Snow situation, which is... Game of Thrones. I think he dies and then he's, like, not dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but anyway, yeah, I think Barb is, like, I I just think, I just thought the reaction that the internet had was so funny. And I, again, I could participate in that because I watched it at the time that it came out. And I didn't binge watch it. Like, I did not watch this all in one day. I probably watched it over, like, the course of three weeks. But... Um, when I started seeing stuff about Barb, I was like, oh no, like, what happens to Barb? Yeah, that was, knowing that everyone was, like, making jokes about her, I thought there was gonna be more to her story. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Rip Barb. Um, A lot of Barbs at Halloween this year. A lot of Barbs and Elevens. Were there? At Halloween? Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't remember. 
Have you seen, though, the video of a bunch of kids dressed up as the kids, like, last year? And they do the juju on their feet. Do they? It is so funny. Oh, my God, that's so cute. Let me find it right now. Uh, Yeah, no, I think that was probably one of the more popular Halloween costumes. Uh, People dressed up as Eleven, so they would wear the, the pink dress and the blonde wig and carry around a box of Eggos. Uh, or they were Barb with the glasses. And some people, uh, if they did, like, a a costume with a friend, that, like, one of them could be, like, alive Barb and the other could be dead Barb. That's funny. Um, but, okay. yeah, there were definitely lots of Halloween costumes from this show. I'm going to play this for you. After this ad. Your music won't skip a beat. Oh my god. Oh shit, they're good. That was amazing. And you know what? I think it's I think it's cool that uh I think the show, the second season, which we'll get to in more detail later, is coming out uh right before Halloween this year. Mm-hmm. Which I like cuz it's spooky. <laughs> so, speaking of that, I want to get to one major this is like my major point that I want to make. Something that I thought a lot while watching the show um was that the storyline in terms of the Upside Down resembled the storyline um, in the Insidious series to me a lot. So, in there's like three chapters currently. I think a fourth chapter is coming out of Insidious. But in the first movie, um, basically this little boy is uh, able to um, travel mentally into, like, this different realm where, Mm -hmm. like, these demons take over him, and he inherits that trait from his dad, who was, like, I don't know, had some issue like that, and, um, so the house is kind of haunted, things are moving around, kind of like the lights and all of that. Right. Um, and it's, it's the little boy, or it's the spirits that have taken over the little boy, And so the father has to go into this other realm. Like, he has to be put in this, um, like, sleeping state where he's able to go into the other realm and save his son. And then the way the first movie ends is, like, after the father comes back and the family's all happy, you learn that the father is now infected with, like, the evil spirits. Right. And so then that sets up for chapter two. Mm -hmm. Which I saw. Yeah. That was actually, I think that was probably the first horror, first and only horror movie I have seen. Yeah. I do not like scary movies. Shout out Blumhouse. You do a good job. Insidious movies are scary. Yeah. But, um. As I clutched your, like, bear, (laughs) watched it through one eye. it was scarier for me watching that movie the second time around because it's a pretty screwy story. Like, it's, not only is it scary, but you're like, wow, this is kind of a 
fucked up situation. Yeah. For lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think I kind of, like, forgot about it after I watched it the first time. And then when we watched it again, I was reminded of how, like, terrible it is. And now I'll never forget. And it's very scary. Um, but anyway, I digress. Uh, that, to me, even though Insidious is a little bit more horror-based and less sci-fi, um, the idea of being in a different realm and a child trying to talk to their parents and kind of all of these strange things going on. Stranger things. I didn't even mean to do that. Hi-o! Um, I, I thought they were very similar, so that was something that was kind of running through my head uh, pretty early on. Like, from the second that you realize that he's communicating with her in some way. In the same area, but, yeah. like, in a different dimension or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So, um, maybe that adds, had some sort of influence. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, I wonder if it does. I mean, obviously, it's so hard to create truly original content these right. days. Like, well, is anything really original anymore? If you, like, trace it back to something else that was similar to it, probably not. But, um, I feel like... I agree with that, and it's, like, more digestible yeah. to, like you said, like, a large audience. Because um, it's not as scary. And there's more kids. <laughs> have you... Are there other uh, fan theories or thoughts that you have going forward? Uh, I have some fan theories about season two that I found. Okay. So... Because what I was going to say... You go ahead, yeah. Well... This is hard for me to say because I'm I'm trying to, like, save you from what you don't know, but I feel like I need to say it. I think there's a direction that I feel like the storyline is going in, um, and the reason I feel that way is based on Harry Potter, and um, I'm not going to say anything more than that. I'm still reading Harry Potter. Well, I took a break. I'm reading The Handmaid's Tale now. Um, but, but I appreciate you not spoiling it for me. I hope I'm not, though, because I think it's kind of easy to put together. But anyway, basically, there's a fan theory, and I'll let you know if one of the fan theories you bring up. It's not a fan theory that I think is, like, I, I absolutely think that it is true. Like, I don't think it's a theory. I think... This is going to be the plot I think that's, like, what you were supposed to be taking from the show the entire time. Go on. Um, so... Yeah. And if you're a fan of Harry Potter and you're a fan of Stranger Things, you probably know what I'm getting at. So, here are some... I'll, I'll tell you some fan theories about what people think season two might be about. Or just fan theories, uh, trying to explain certain things in the show, and then we'll watch the season two trailer, which you have not seen yet. Nope. And we'll talk. Um, so I think one thing that was never really confirmed is, like, how, why is there a monster? Why does the Demogorgon exist? Like, where did that even come from? And so, uh, some people believe that, um, Eleven is the reason for the monster, and it's the result of the torture placed on her by Dr. Brenner and his experiments. That is what I was referring to. So, I'm assuming you're referring to an Obscurus, 
Yeah. And I just watched Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. So I know what that is. Yeah, no, that's not what I'm referring to. Oh, all right, well. Um, I tried. No, just the idea of, like, the innocent person being a monster. Mm -hmm. Or being, part of her being a monster. Yeah. The idea of her having to destroy part of herself. Well, I guess I'll let that marinate for a couple of years. Uh, but I, I think that... But to me, like, that's... Because I was looking online, I was reading different blogs and things, and people were like, oh my god, how can you say that? And when I was watching it, like, that's kind of what I was thinking the entire time. Yeah. Apparently the show revealed that she's the reason for the monster. Um, and this little piece of evidence I think supports that and uh it's that Stranger Things you know they they mention a lot of different like old little nuggets of pop culture and stuff and one of them is uh the X-Men 134 comic which uh I don't know this from the comics I know the story from the X-Men movies uh but I read that this particular comic is about a character named Jean Grey, and she's one of the, like, most powerful mutants in this, in the series, and she is kind of overwhelmed by her powers in this particular comic book, and this is when her dark side transforms uh, to become this incredibly powerful and evil character called Phoenix, or the Phoenix. Okay. So she goes, when she's, like, basically she gets, like, triggered and then she becomes this, like, monster. And she can't really, she, she's really powerful, but she can't control what she's doing. So she might, like, hurt someone uh, that she really loves. So that. So people think it's, like, a manifestation right. of that, which is exactly Yeah, I mean, like I don't. that. Like, I don't really, again, I will. I will reiterate, I don't really see this so much as it being a theory. Like, I would be more surprised if this doesn't happen or they don't right. elaborate on that idea because why would that be in place? Yeah. Like, it's not yeah. a theory. It's just them, like, reiterating this is what is going to happen. This is this is the main character. This is the issue she's dealing with. This is what everyone around her who cares about her is going to have to figure out. Which means she's got to come back for season two, right? That means she didn't die. I don't think they could care, kill off, like, the most adored character. Okay, let's watch the trailer. <laughs> we gotta do this? Let's engage. This looks so much like Insidious!
saw something. What is it? I don't know. I felt it. Okay, first take is that they might have taken my advice and given Mike some wavier hair, which it naturally is, because I was looking at pictures of him earlier. Second take, great use of thriller. Yeah, yeah, that's I why I was like, that. Oh, I love Halloween. Um, it looks really good. Um, I like, I like typical me coming of age romance i love that mike's like in love with 11 i think that's very sweet Mm -hmm. and you know he's not gonna stop at anything to find her Mm -hmm. um can't break a promise but it does kind of make me reflect on some of the things that i still don't totally understand and maybe like the duffer brothers just want you to accept that you're not supposed to understand it but like, nothing is ever uh, very well explained in terms of what they are doing. Like, these people at the, in the plant, what is it called? The lab. laboratory. Yeah, like, we still like, don't really you know, know that they're doing them. something illegal. They have those newspaper articles about um, them doing, like, weird, or this scientist guy. Um, being involved in some weird experiments you we meet that um woman towards the end who is probably probably 11's 11's mom yeah mother um but like even so like mike like when she's calling this doctor papa like do you think that maybe they are actually related did he just tell her to call him that like i think that that's strange is there's some sort of weird connection there like what is the end result of this you know that they're either trying to do something um like very illegal like are they trying to take over the world do they want power are they trying to stop something really bad from spreading 
like these motives, there's still motives that are in question from a lot of different people. Mm-hmm. And I just don't totally understand it. Right, because we don't, the lab doesn't shut down at the end of the series, at the the end of the first season, right? And Dr. Brenner doesn't go to jail or something like that. Right. Um, A lot of people think that, and I'm sure you, this probably went through your head too, if 11 is 11, were there 10 more children like her before? Right. We don't know. That's not even something that I've thought a ton about. I mean, that's pretty obvious, but yeah. Yeah, which is like a a frightening thought. Um, Right. And maybe Eleven's just, like, the one who succeeded the experiments or, like, she was the most powerful or whatever. We don't know if there's other children still there in the lab. Right. It's possible. And it's kind of interesting, like, towards the end when um, Winona's Winona Ryder's character and um, the sheriff, like, infiltrate. When and, they go inside, yeah, right. the, the upside down. Well, not even the upside down, but just when they're in the oh, lab. Oh, when they're in the lab, yeah. And they're, like, talking with the different people, and then they just walk out, like, who agreed at one point that this was okay. Like, there's yeah. just a lot. So I guess I'm really interested in that, and that's something that I do kind of have issues with. Although I accept that because there's a second season, we'll be getting more answers. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I usually God. I usually don't like when you just have to like accept that the director wanted this for a reason, and they're not going to go out of their way to explain it to you. Mm-hmm. So that'll be interesting. Yeah, I'm very excited for season two. I kind of forgot about the show. Um, until the trailer came out, and then I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I forgot how much I liked this last summer. Yeah. So. And I think that's, like, I'm a excited. release date right before Halloween. So yeah. everyone pumped. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. I can't wait. I hope Eleven is still in it. She was. Well, clearly, she's in this trailer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I hope she, like, gets out of the Upside Down again. And I wonder if people are going to be well, characters from them for Halloween again, if it's like three days before, four days before it comes out. If this is following the Insidious track at all, I would assume that Will is somehow now going to save Eleven in the same way that she kind of did for him. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I wonder if there are any other people who have made that connection on, like, are people criticizing them for copying if they think it's a copy um or are people kind of like no these are these are different genres yeah i think that's they're like one's tv and one's film i've i've definitely seen some conversation that people see the similarities and i tweeted about it and got uh quite a few reactions i assume people agree so i don't think it's like crazy i mean they're two franchises that are pretty popular right now so but let us know what you think that's right what do, what do we say at the end usually i don't even remember it's been so long live long and prosper peace love and stranger things and egos peace love and ego waffles have a great 
day, eat some coffee waffles. and contemplation. Ah. Anyway, peace out. Hope you enjoyed our discussion. Next week, we'll be back with more fun stuff. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode of Delayed Reactions. If you liked it, give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at DelayedRxNS and on Facebook at Delayed Reactions Podcast. Delayed Reactions is available on SoundCloud and iTunes. Please send all inquiries you may have to DelayedReactionsPodcast at gmail.com. Once again, thank you so much for listening and we will talk to you soon.